Greetings, PVIC. Welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on the Sunday sermon and answer some practical questions. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Pastor Sean and Pastor Billy. Glad to be back with you all. Uh, Pastor Billy, Pastor Sean, how are we doing? Any life updates? I'm doing well. Also happy to be uh, happy to be back after a few after a few weeks. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. I um, went ahead and broke my foot. Oh, that's true. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. I uh, just what were proof, you doing? Uh, well, I was trying to play basketball, mm. and I went up for a rebound, came down, thought I sprained my ankle, but in the end, I I broke my foot. So I'm in a boot for six weeks, but uh, yeah, able to walk. So that's the positive thing. And able to preach. Yes. Barely. Yeah. Pulled it off. Speaking of, we are still in the King and Kingdom series in the Gospel of Matthew. And this week, we looked at Matthew chapter 9, verses 13 through 17. Um, Pastor Sean, take it away. Yeah, so today's sermon was pulled from Matthew 9, as uh, you just said, Neil. Um, In this passage, Jesus is approached by the Pharisees and the disciples of John, and he is questioned about fasting. We went through those scriptures and passages, and we recognized that the Pharisees had built a system and a worldview that was essentially inauthentic. It was more about an air of righteousness than honoring and serving the Lord. So their foundation was not the profession of Peter that we find um, in Matthew 16, on which which, uh, our faith and the church is built. Theirs was a system of Judaism that was just not sufficient. All right. Thank you, Pastor Sean. On to the first question. So we're talking about fasting. Yeah. And you mentioned fasting through the lens and biblical times in context of uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, You mentioned what was uh, the one law or uh, the one um, main fasting that happens in the Old Testament, right? We had talked about the... um the ordinance in the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus right. um, when the Lord uh, commands a fast once a year once. on the 10th day of the seventh month, okay. uh, the Day of Atonement. Uh, what we recognize today or uh, our uh, Jews recognize today as Yom Kippur. Oh. Yes. Right. We just, just passed, right? Yeah, actually. Okay. So coming to the question, what about modern fasting for Christians? Um is this something, um, do we still do it? Uh, I know there's, in the New Testament, Jesus fasted. But coming to our present times, um, how do we do it? Is there a new way of fasting? Um, should we even fast? That's a good question. And I didn't want to make it seem in the sermon, I hope it didn't come off that <laughs> way, that I am anti-fasting in modern day. Um, I was speaking more to the Pharisees and the disciples of John at that time who were questioning Jesus, who made fasting a very inauthentic, two-time-a-week practice. And that's why they were approaching Jesus in the first place, because Jesus had just left that dinner with Matthew the tax collector, and it was on a day of fasting. Um, So their question is coming from a place of legalism and inauthenticity. As you said, Neil, there are several examples throughout Scripture of fasting that is appropriate. You, uh, Elijah fasted, um, Esther fasted, Moses fasted. We know that Jesus, our Lord, fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. But in each of those occasions, there was a purpose behind the fast, and the fast was authentic. Um, the Lord was tempted in the wilderness, um, and he fasted mm-hmm. 
to endure that time. Um, and for today, if we were to fast, we know that there's several instances throughout the scripture that talks about fasting. First Corinthians 7, um, Paul speaks of fasting, and he actually speaks of not fasting necessarily from food. Right. He speaks about fasting from relations with your wife for the purpose of prayer and fasting. Um, so there are instances where you can fast from things other than just food. Um, but for today's purpose, what we were talking about in the scripture was more from a legalistic standpoint and fasting from food. So, you know, those practices of fasting or denial mm -hmm. <clears throat> present day that don't include food, right? Mm -hmm. So there's various examples yeah. that, right, people will fast from... Instagram. So, yeah, from social media. People fast from, I don't know, things that aren't related to food, right? If if that's our, is that still fasting in a biblical context? Or if we're not doing some sort of fast related to food, are we, are, are we actually fasting? Right. I guess the question we have to ask first is, what does fasting from food do? in a physical sense, makes you hungry. Mm. It's a constant reminder in a physical sense that something's going on. You're constantly reminded of what's, what's happening. You're constantly reminded that you're fasted every time, uh, you're fasting every time your stomach growls. So to fast from something else, be it social media or Instagram, is it something that brings you to a place where you are praying and growing closer to the Lord? Is it drawing you closer to the Lord? Is that the purpose of the fast? Mm. Right. As opposed to just uh, like a casual managing or uh, yeah. of your life mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, it's probably good that I, that I should do this versus mm -hmm. is there purpose, intention right behind it? That's the distinction, right? Right. So would you think, would you guys think that fasting as a regular practice is a good thing if done authentically? Everything the scripture says, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I would think so. Yeah. So here's, here's. I need to fast. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Um, so here's 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 another question for consideration. So, you spent some time discussing the idea that, um, our faith should be the foundation of our worldview. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That. You know, in as much as we, you know, we, we believe these things that we believe, there's an outworking of that into how we both see the world and how we interact with the world. Correct, yeah. right? Um, so I guess it's kind of a two-parter. The first part is, one, do you see that at times Christians struggle or are hesitant to... Um, pull their faith into certain aspects of their life when it comes to worldview. So the first question is, do you think that is a material reality for modern Christianity or Christians today? And then if so, why? Why might there be a hesitance to, to do that? Like certain aspects of our life, a hesitancy to bring our, our, our faith into it. Yeah, I think that 
we are, or Christians in general, particularly in the West, are hesitant to apply those principles to every aspect of their life and their worldview. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with comfort. I think a lot of folks are just afraid to stand out from a crowd or stand out and be different than anyone else, whether it's in their workplace or whether it's in their own family, um, and apply biblical principles to every area of their life and their worldview. So the way that they might see uh, politics, for example, might be skewed by their environment, might be skewed by the people around them, might be skewed by uh, the things that they watch, and not necessarily what Scripture says about it. So rather than adopting or living by what the scripture says about those things, um, in a sense, they want to fit in and they don't want to get into a contentious kind of debate with folks or deal with that. And so they kind of go with the crowd. So like a syncretism. So like a syncretism, essentially. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so what's what's the downside here? for Christianity. What's da- what's the downside here for that in terms of one people's personal Christian Christian lives and Christianity and the church writ large? What's the what are the implications here? Yeah, I'd like to hear your guys' input on this as well. But I think the downside of it is that essentially we're not living lives that are lined up with scripture. That we are not obeying the commandments of our Lord. And that has negative implications on the church, for sure, Uh, particularly from the pulpit, if we're not preaching the word truthfully, if we're afraid to preach the word as it is written or as it is dictated through Scripture, but we're trying to appease and please people, well, then we're not feeding the flock like we're supposed to, right? And we would count, I know Pastor Billy and I, would count on our core team and our congregation to keep us accountable to do that. And we keep each other accountable to do that. Um, When we disciple our children, when we disciple our families, the same thing applies. So I think it would be to the great detriment of our families and our church if we adopted more of a mentality where we're trying to please people rather than giving them the real meat of the word. Yeah, I think that it's kind of hard. I mean, in this modern times, right, like, um trying to bring not well trying to uh witness or like disciple we try to like you know we talked about it, like lukewarm you know trying to make it trying to make it cool and you know for everyone to come to church you know so we're not strict or we're not like we try to take some biblical ideas but also hey we're cool we hang out we do all the stuff we do everything too so it's like it's hard in this modern times with the kids and like you know trying to i i I think though right that we're present day we're seeing the fruit of that mentality already right so if you go back and you talk about younger people right and you see that sort of an exodus of younger people to to a degree why is that well instead of letting letting the the word be the guide we let relevancy be the guide and essentially offered 
young people of Christianity that where there were no stakes, right? Where nothing was required of them, like that was didn't have any teeth behind it. And then eventually when they got older, they said, well, if it's not essential, if it's not vital, if it's not critical, then why, why do I, why do I need it? So I think, I think the experiments already been done. I think we, we, we have the information, like that's not going to work. It's also like, as the years go by, we say in God, we trust this country. Right. But as this country itself, as years go by, we talked about this maybe a while back, right? 20, 30 years ago, even the politics and even government, they swore by biblical concepts and biblical ideas. But now we don't even see that. So in our regular secular world, there's no, you know, even if this just like biblical ideas or, you know what I mean? Like in outside, it's not there. So we just go by whatever the culture is going. Oh. Yeah. I mean, cultural Christianity, right? Is we yeah. li- we lived in the milieu of that in in America for a really long time, and that's definitely not the state we're in now. No. But that being said, it's also an opportunity because you know you're not relying on some nominal Christianity, right? Like you're you're going to stand out. Yeah, you're going to stand out from the culture. Yeah, right? if you if you live what. Your tagline is at the end of every podcast. You know, I'll get to all that. of life. Eventually, we'll get to that. Uh, all of life to the glory yeah. of God. If you really do that, yeah. then you're not going to go with the flow of society and culture. It's it's actually going to be anti that. Yeah, rather than just saying it, actually living it. Actually that's, living it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Pastor Sean. Thank you, Pastor Billy. That was fruitful. Um. So as we wind down, uh, to sum up, I really like one of the things you mentioned, uh, Pastor Sean, in the sermon about um, R.C. Sproul's uh, an analogy where a computer is an uh, example. There is an upgrade to the computer, new features and all, but it's actually not that. It's uh, That's not what the conversion is, right? It's taking a hammer and completely destroying the computer and having a new computer, a different body, different, complete transformation. So kind of dovetails into basically that Jesus didn't come to patch the old ways of, you know, religion. This is completely new. He comes in. There's something totally new formed. Um, the old way is gone and the new way has come. Um, and let's, so let's look to Jesus and let's pursue Jesus. Um, so, Pastor Sean, anything, uh, any questions for this week? Yeah, so we have three questions here. Uh, first one. Is the worldview that you hold one that sprouts from the profession that Jesus is Lord? So the way that you view the world, the way that you view your family, politics, the culture, education, everything, is the way that you view the world um, sprouting from that profession? Second question is, how have you thought about fasting in the past? Whether in your church or in your family life or personal life, What have your thoughts been on fasting? And finally, do we define what is good by what feels good and what's comfortable or from what we see in Scripture? How do we define truth? Thank you, uh, Pastor Billy and Pastor Sean. These are some good questions to ponder upon. 
Uh, so we look forward to tackling those questions for the next week. And until next Sunday, let us strive to live all of life to the glory of God. <laughs>